It's time to dream again about what the church could be. This vision is intended to come from Christ himself. So what does he want from his church and how do we reclaim it? Join us as we journey through the New Testament to discover how the ancient paths inform the future church. Four years old, my mom brought me to school at Newtions. My parents didn't have money to send me to school. I was dreaming to become an engineer. Hearing things about Christ, I feel, oh, it's it's good to be a part of this. And... Um, when I was uh, about uh, 17, I was getting baptized in Bodmer, Napoli, and, and the ocean. After, I was dreaming to be a part of the change that I have in mind, um, to influence people. I manage a school, being a pastor, it's a, I, I feel that I live in my dream. If I have that possibility to meet my sponsor, Janice Baker, I will thank her for being a part of me, of my life, and uh, to influence my life in a good way. Without her and through new missions, I don't know where I would be. There's a lot of children on the street, you know, cleaning cars because their parents cannot send them to school. It would be important if someone could sponsor a child. My prayer for Haiti, it's one day for the people in Haiti turn to Christ because Christ is the greatest need that Haiti has. What an incredible story. It's so powerful um, that it reverberates all throughout this room. That's what the, the gospel does, right? It, it changes us from the inside out, and there's much to celebrate. And we're going to hear more about new missions in a few minutes here towards the end of our time together. But one of the things that I, I want to say to you as we, we come together this morning is, first of all, I want you to know I'm thinking about you, praying for you in this crazy season that we've been in, but I also want to remind us, even as we think about what it is that we've experienced and what it is that, that God is doing, I really believe as we hear stories like we just heard, he's still at work. Amen? He is still at work. And we, we get to be a part of that. And that's such an honor and privilege. And we don't want to take that for granted because it's easy to lose sight of that when we look at all that's going on around us. Understandably so. But we always need to get perspective to realign us and not to minimize what we're going through, but to give us a vision of God's kingdom and his advancement in our lives, in the lives of those around us and throughout the world. And, and that leads us to the question I want us to think about today. How, do, how does the movement of the kingdom move forward? How does the kingdom, the kingdom 
move forward? How does the movement of the kingdom move forward? And when I say kingdom, I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I'm talking about his righteousness, his ways. And as we consider that in this series, Future Church, that we've been in, what we've been seeking to do is to understand the New Testament's vision for the church because it's meant to inform our way forward. It's meant to cause us to say, are we walking in the Jesus way? And are we aligned with what he has to say? And in to also recapture our imagination in our heart. Because all throughout the New Testament, you hear these incredible moments, just like we saw in the video, of lives being changed and being transformed. And even as you listen to that story, you hear the importance of others coming around this young man who's now a principal and a pastor. You know, you think about his mom, you think about the sponsor, you think about the school, new missions, you think about all these people coming around to make that a reality. And now he says, my, my prayer and my hope for Haiti is that they would come to encounter this Christ who is the greatest need that they have and that we have and that all people have, the Jesus way who this Jesus is and what it is he wants to do in our life. So the question again today, how does the movement of the kingdom move forward? And what I want to do is I want us to take a look at a passage in the book of Acts. And last week what we saw in the book of Acts is there was this incredible, incredible move of God. And in God's church was advancing outside of Jerusalem. And those who were non-Jewish, which are called the Gentiles, were hearing this message. And as they were Hearing this message, they were coming to faith in Jesus. And the difficulty happened, though, because the, some of the Jewish people were like, hey, the, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people need to be circumcised in order to become a follower of Jesus. And, of course, this caused a whole, <laughs> whole set of issues. And thankfully, the Jerusalem Council came to an answer and said, hey, this is what we have said. We should not make it more difficult than it needs to be. And that really gives us to this, takes us to this point of what we're going to hear happen in the life of Paul and Barnabas and so many others. Because as we think about the kingdom movements moving forward, it doesn't involve just one person. I think oftentimes when we talk about the Jesus way, we focus on Jesus, which understandably so, we should look at him. But then we think about people like Paul. And we're like, man, I'm not a Paul. But we forget that with Paul, there were several other people that surrounded his work and ministry. Because really... The move of the kingdom, the advancement of it, is a team sport. It's a team sport. And that's really important for us to know because that means we have a part to play and that others have a part to play. And as I was watching college football yesterday, I got to see just the power of team. I got to see the University of Georgia represent so well. I had to just throw that in there as they beat Clemson, all right? And Penn State as well. They did good too, right? They didn't drop it. They didn't drop it. Yeah, yeah, we can give it up for them, right? All right. So <laughs> as we go through this, what I want us to hear again is how the kingdom of God, how it advances, how the movement moves forward. So listen to what it says here in Acts 15, 35 through 41. It says, Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are what? What's the word? How they are doing. He wants to check in. He wants to see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them 
and Pamphylia, and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Sisa, strengthening the churches. And so as you hear what's happening here, and as you listen to what goes on, you hear people being strengthened in the Lord. But you hear that there's this sharp disagreement. There's this sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas who were ministry partners and they were friends. But it doesn't say who was right and who was wrong, does it? It doesn't say that. In fact, what it says is that Paul and Barnabas, who were one team, now have two teams. And they're not against each other. They're for each other. They're for the way of Jesus. But what happens is Barnabas takes John Mark with him, and it says that Paul, as he goes out, he chose Silas to go with him. And what's happening? Well, we're starting to see that at times when we are coming after Jesus, that our mission remains the same, but sometimes the vision of what it is God has for us is different. And I think this is important because oftentimes in the church world and in our culture, we don't know how to approach disagreements like that. But you notice that they didn't hit the eject button from Jesus in the church. Instead, they said, hey, we want to come after what Christ has for us. It wasn't like they spoke ill of each other. It doesn't say that here. It says they just had a difference of opinion. Have you ever had a difference of opinion from somebody else? Show of hands. Difference of opinion. Do you think on social media there's a difference of opinion? Do you agree with that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, difference of opinion. The difference, though, the difference, though, instead of demonizing one another, instead of polarizing one another, they said, wait a minute, we have a shared mission, but a different vision for how we're going to accomplish it. That's why today, as I'm here and I'm proclaiming God's word, I'm celebrating what's going on with my good friends in Trexlertown, Pennsylvania, Faith Church, who's our partner of ours for Night to Shine this year. That's exciting, right? Special needs problem that we do every year. We're so grateful for their partnership, but I'm cheering them on. That's why today, as you're going to hear from New Missions and all the churches that have been started there, we're celebrating that. That's why today I have a friend called Russ Butcher, and he's at church at the, at the Grove, and we've always had such a great relationship with one another and just appreciate one another. But instead of doing it together in the sense that we're in the same location, we feel God has called us to two unique things. And I don't have to be threatened by that. I can celebrate that. I can collaborate with that. But oftentimes we miss the power of doing that, even in the context of a local church and then the capital C church. But it says here, as you read this, strengthening the churches, the churches were being strengthened. The move of God was not stopped here. This is not a separation or a divorce as we often use it in that terminology. Rather, this is at times the way that God works to multiply. And you see a multiplication effort here. And this is to be celebrated. So good news, if you don't see eye to eye with somebody, and you don't have the same vision for your life or God has for you, it's okay. You don't need to change and you don't need to change them, but you do need to celebrate and collaborate with the other as we're holding on to a mission that is based on walking with Jesus and pointing people to who he is 
and what he has done for all people. We don't want to lose sight of that. And we need this more than ever, especially in the church. If we're going to be a countercultural people that are going to stand out, we need to be these types of people. This is in line with how Jesus prayed in John 17. Well, it continues on here, and I want us to read Acts 16 now. It says, Paul came to Darby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was, was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, and they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. And I just want you to hear this word, that they were strengthened in faith and that the church grew in numbers daily. In other words, people were coming to know Christ. Now, I want to just mention to you that Paul didn't literally circumcise Timothy. I think that's important to know. First of all, he had somebody else most likely do that, making sure that that profession was happening in the proper way as you read other translations. But the reason that was important wasn't because he was trying to get Timothy to earn something from God, but rather for him to effectively be a missionary to point people to God because they were going into the Jewish context. He said, hey, I want you to know that in order to be a missionary to these people, you've got to become all things to all people that you may win some, that you may reach some for the glorious gospel of Christ. And so this is so important that we hear all these different people that are involved. Even last week we saw that, but we see this team sport. We see several people mentioned, Barnabas, Paul, John Mark, Silas, Timothy. And that's just five people, and there's many, many more people in these chapters. It's a team sport. And we're meant to go towards each other with the grace of God so that we can strengthen each other. Because if the kingdom of God, if the movement is going to move forward, part of what they did and we're called to do is to strengthen each other in his ways. So as we think about that, here's a couple of things I want to give to you. Kingdom movements advance as we strengthen and share with one another the grace of Jesus. Kingdom movements advance as we strengthen and share with one another the grace of Jesus. And this is so key because it's so easy to say, this is just my mission and my vision for my life. But again, you do not see it being a solo endeavor when you go through the book of Acts. Now, there are times where God needs to work with us individually, right? There's something he wants to work in us. But to see his mission advanced, to see his mission go forward, he surrounds us with people, people who are going to help strengthen us and share with us the grace of Jesus. Because we need the grace of Jesus. We need to be bathed in the reality of what it is this Jesus has done. That Jesus was murdered on the cross. That through him, he was not only crucified, but buried, then raised from the dead. And we have forgiveness of sins. And we're made righteous because of him. And that we get to join him and what he wants to do, not only in our lives, in the lives of others. That he wants to transform us from the inside out. That he gives us the power and the strength to endure when things are difficult, as we talked about last week. We never want to get over the grace of Jesus. 
And one of the ways that we don't get over it is we surround ourselves with others who are going to point us to that. That's why community groups are so big here at Riverbend. And I'm encouraging you to consider getting plugged into some form of groups here at Riverbend. We've got a kickoff coming September 19th. We're excited about that. But we need each other. We need each other to be reminded of what Christ has done for us and what he has for us to be known, to be loved, and to be a people who live sin out. Because it allows us to be a part of something that's bigger than just ourselves. And we need that. We need that. And in this life that we've been living and all the things that have been going on, I don't know about you, but it gets fatiguing. I've talked to like four different people this week that are leading in different capacities. And they're just tired. And you know what? You're tired too, I bet. You're fatigued. Can we just be honest? Like we're, we're done. We're like, I'm, I'm over this. Whatever, whatever you want to fill in the blank with this is. I'm over this. And in order to stay faithful to Jesus, we need the one another to point us towards who he is and what he's done for us. But here's the other part of this. And it's a question I want you to wrestle with. Who is going with us as we strengthen others? Who are those people in your life that show up for you and you show up for them and you are going to strengthen others because you notice, again, that there are these tight relationships, but it never stopped with just them. They went to somebody, but they went together. You know, Jesus sent them out in twos, right? So who are the people going with you? Who are the people that are going with you as you strengthen others? Because we are meant to walk in a brotherhood and sisterhood with one another. And we need those people that we look at who know us, love us, and who are going to live sent as Jesus has been sent and he sends us out to the world that we are in to hold out this hope, to hold out this grace, this kindness, the truth that is found in him. Because the reality is there's a shortage right now of hope. And we need hope dealers. There's a lack of grace, but there's a whole lot of opinions. And there's a whole lot of people who demonize the other side and focus on your worst moment versus the totality of who you are as a person. We need the grace and kindness of Jesus in our own lives, but we need to be able to hold that out to others. And we can't do that alone. We need one another. So who is going with us as we strengthen others? And here's the last part of what I want to say today. We are intended to strengthen those sent on our path. So who are the people as you go, as you watch this journey that Paul and Barnabas and others went on, they prayed, they fasted, Spirit led them and directed their paths. But as they went and encountered people, they didn't lose sight of the opportunity that was right in front of them. And you're going to be surprised, even as you have eyes to see when you go to the grocery store and you start talking to that cashier and you start asking them, how are you doing? And you start telling them, thank you for going above and beyond this crazy COVID season. I appreciate you doing that. You're going to be amazed at the doors that open up. You're going to be amazed if you go to the restaurant and you say similar things and then ask a question, how can we be praying for you before we eat our food? We're going to pray together. Is there anything we can pray for you about? You're going to be amazed at what people do. Recently, I asked that question. I was with a group of of friends, and the waitress just started to pour out her heart to us. And she started to talk about her sons and how she's so concerned. And then I said, hey, we're going to pray. And I thought she was going to leave the table, but she just stayed there. 
because she wanted to receive this prayer with us. People are hungry right now. They're hungry, but the way that we're able to give that is to receive it and to go with others. Go with others. And as we look at those who are on our path to have eyes to see and to be courageous as we stand with Christ, to be intentionally proclaiming and demonstrating the Jesus way. And as we think about strengthening each other, as we think about walking in what it is that God has for us, one of the ways that we do that is to be reminded of what God is doing not only in the Lehigh Valley, because he's doing incredible things here, and which I'm so excited about that, but what he's doing around the world. And, and one of the gifts that God has given us over the years is to partner with new missions. And I'm so excited because one of the things I want us to do is I want to hear how they're doing because they are been in Haiti since 1983, and an incredible work. And so they're going to update us a bit of what's going on in their work, but also the hurricane efforts that have been going on there, the relief that they've, they've been able to provide in the midst of that. And so we're going to hear from them. And my, my hope is that we strengthen them as, we, as they're here and we, we get to hear from them and we cheer them on. But also, I want us to know that it's mutually beneficial, right? We're strengthened by them as we hear what's going on in the ministry there. And so what I want to do is I want to invite to the stage Charlie and Rachel to tell us, and they're going to come up, and I have a couple questions prepared for them. Can we give it up for Charlie and Rachel to tell us from New Missions? So as, as they're here and they're joining us today, many of you guys know Charlie's brother, Tim. Uh, in case you're, you're wondering, uh, this is Tim. Uh, Tim's been here several times. And Charlie is on the ground oftentimes in Haiti. So I'm not going to speak for you. I want you to be able to share. So thanks, first of all, for being here with us today. We're so glad you guys are here. But tell us about yourselves in, in the work of New Missions. Thanks, Pastor Joe. And um, I kind of do feel like a fish out of water because I'm, I'm the guy in Haiti usually. I'm not usually on center stage. I prefer being um, in Haiti, actually. <laughs> um, and um, but I, I first want to just thank Pastor Joe for his hospitality, for inviting us, for having us here. And I love this church. I love seeing the diversity of the people here. Um, Amen? Amen. You're a good-looking bunch. <laughs> and I'm a strange person because um, I went to Haiti at the age of 19. My father was a minister. Um, I got saved at the age of 18. Um, Holy Spirit touched my life. I just wanted to go, and I, and I keep going. I keep doing it. And, um, but when I, when I go through an earpool, I can't help myself looking at the people. I, I find it fascinating. So, again, I... Um, you guys are also our heroes, and America is a mission field, and we are living in um, strange days. We're not to be afraid. We're, we're to have the peace of God upon our lives. Um, um, so I want to I say one more thing. Um, the video you saw, saw of the young man became the, became the pastor and school director. There's more to the story. There's always more to the stories. So when that little boy was born, his father did not recognize him. And so he had a single mother. 
And now she was embarrassed. Here, here she's a single mother, you know. But she brought the boy to church. And, um, you know, maybe she was ridiculed. Very, very poor family. I mean, maybe they were ridiculed. Ah, you know, you dirty, you dirty woman. You know, how are you going to raise that child? But he's one of our strong leaders. His name is uh, Yagel, and he's the director at our Nepi campus. When I was a teenager, I didn't want to go to church. But somehow a word came down from my father, maybe through my mother, and I was told, Dad said, if you don't want to go to church, you can leave the house. Well, you know, my mom was a great cook. I had a nice bedroom. <laughs> my, my parents are mostly Italian, so it's like, hmm, mom's a good cook, nice bedroom. All right, I'll go to church. And I would sit in the back row and sometimes even sleep on the back row of church. But um, slowly the word of God entered into my life. That's awesome. So. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing on the, the ground floor there at New Missions. What, just for those who don't know what New Missions is, can you kind of fill them in a little bit? So um, I consider myself a servant. That's my title with a small s. I don't like bragging. So if I use the word, if I use the pronoun I, um, forgive me. Um, it's a great I am who's working through us, and we live day by day. It's all by God's grace. Um, God gets all the glory. I take all the responsibility. So, um, people would tell my father, you can't help Haiti. You know, George, how are you going to fund a mission? How are you going to help change Haiti? And my dad's attitude was at first, well, we'll go and help one village. Um, so, the first week in Haiti, we started a clinic, a school, and a church. And we're always looking for that next village. Um, we're always looking to expand and reach out. Yeah, how many villages are you in? 31 schools and 9,000 children. Okay. How many churches? 30 churches, 550 employees. Mm-hmm. We do construction. Yet we, we have two teams of construction workers. Because um, I hire out with a contractor, um, a lot of our construction. But we do construction year-round. We function nonstop. And, of course, it gets challenging because um, there's great instability. Um, but we just, we just keep doing what we, what we can do. Yeah. So how many of those people that do the work at Haiti, in Haiti for the new missions, and also in the DR, how many of them are people from that country? What do you think is the percentage? That are working with us? Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to answer a question? One I'll, I'll, I'll give you a chance to talk in one minute. Um, what percentage? Yeah. I'd say 100% apart from Charlie and I in Haiti. And then, um, I, I good morning, to... by the way. <laughs> and um, in the Dominican, um, apart from Heather and her husband, all the others are Dominicans, so all nationals. Yeah, and we're going to get back to that in just a minute, but I want you guys to hear that. God's raising up the people there. Like, people are being reached. People are having opportunities. This is one of the reasons why we just love new missions. 
because of their heart for the gospel and what they've been able to do to not make themselves, because it's easy to say, you're the hero. And really, they don't view themselves as the hero. They view themselves as a conduit to point people to the ultimate hero, Jesus, and to help people rebuild their lives through Jesus and to find ways practically to meet the needs of those there. So one of the things that's happened there, there's this thing like a hurricane, right? A little little hurricane. No, I'm just kidding. It was an earthquake. earthquake. Uh, there was a, a pretty big earthquake there. Sorry, hurricane's on my mind here. Yeah, there was both going on. So how are the people, how are the people doing? How have you guys been able to, to partner with them and support them? So we're really not a relief agency. Um, we're an um, ongoing mission. And we're actually reaching the second generation of Haitians. Um, most of all of our employees are graduates. They speak French. They're believers. Um, but I think when there's a special um, disaster, I think it's good to respond somehow. One of our graduates, um, who's also a pastor, went down um, and is helping like some 10 families with um, building their homes. Um, God brought a man into my life who's like a mulatto class, and he's actually a, um, like outboard engine technician. Any boaters here? Anybody like boating, fishing? Yeah, I like boats. I'm not a boater, but I like boats. So, <laughs> so this guy, he's like, he's like a brother to me, okay? We're really close. He's like a brother. And he had a donor supplying some rice and beans and tarps and water to this um, to an island area where they got hurt. And um, the mission has a boat that we had built, um, reconstructed, which had not been used in over a year. So it was like sitting idle. So I volunteered and said, hey, use my boat. It's, it's bigger. And I, we, we supplied cooking oil and the fuel for the trip. And um, that was like a, a dream trip. We cruised 72 miles down the coast, um, very peaceful, working with the local authorities. And we plan on doing more assessment in that regard, yeah. seeing what else we can do. Yeah, I loved, I loved watching these pictures and the videos of Charlie. Again, <laughs> Charlie will not brag about himself, but I will brag for him. Uh, but one of the things that I loved getting an update, here's Charlie on the boat uh, going towards the people with different needs that they had. And then they're just surrounding him and listening to him. And I just love that picture of a demonstration of the gospel and a proclamation of the gospel, which we've been talking a lot about in this teaching series. So as we think about what it is you guys do, how can we partner with you guys? What are ways that we could uh, help the mission that God's called you guys there too? In multiple ways, Mike. Let your bride, let your bride um, speak. That's fine. Yeah, man. Get her in there. You want to say something first? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he keeps doing this. Well, I would say with any ministry, the number one way is to pray for our work because, um, you know, unless God is moving, then things can be fruitless. Your labor can be in vain. Um, I'd say pray for the pastors, the school teachers, the students. You know, we accept anyone into our schools. They're not necessarily from a Christian background. Um, Many aren't. Many are even from voodoo, homes where voodoo is practiced. So pray for the students that there'd be a real move of God, uh, that 
as they hear things, God would work in their lives and that they would come to know the Lord. Um, I think another way that our mission basically is held together is by sponsorship. And um, that can be a way that you have actually have your very own ministry because you're connected with one person and you can pray for that one person. You can take interest in that one person. And um, those are two thoughts I have. Actually, we talked to someone uh, before the service and he brought up the idea of uh, collecting spoons. And every so often we do a spoon drive uh, and those get shipped into Haiti when we send in a container. And um, those are distributed to our schools for their school lunches. That's awesome. Do you have anything else before I move on? You look like... <laughs> well, I want to do that thing when I ask if there's any other questions. Can, can I do that at some point? Yeah. You can in just a minute. Okay. Let, me, let me say this. And then we'll, we'll, he wanted to make sure that if you had questions, we're able to, to hear from you guys. But one of the things I want to say about new missions, and you can talk to them more about this, but as you look at how they've raised up people there, I, I think it's incredible work because what they do is they walk alongside these students, and then they provide opportunities for them to further their development, first of all, in, in Christ, but also with, with their education, and then with some expertise. So whether that's you know, we talk about principals, pastors, those in the nursing profession. Uh, there are those who are laborers. And, and one of the things I love about this is when, when we talk about doing a trip to new missions, the, the caveat that's often given is the only way that this trip could be successful and fruitful in their mind is if we could train up people. So it's never successful for us just to go in and do the work or some other team, but for the people to be trained up. So whether that's a skill that you have or whether that's some type of um, gifting that you have, like even for me, like if I was going to go there, it was not so much about me going to preach and teach. It's about, hey, how do I raise up and pour into the leaders that are already there? How do I help sharpen them? How do I help encourage them? And so I, I think that's an important model for us to consider, even when we look at the people around us here in the valley and beyond. How can we help raise up? How can we help strengthen? How can we help pour into those around us so that they can join Jesus in the good work that he has for them? And that's one of the things I just really appreciate about the work of New Missions. And you can talk to them more about that. But does anybody have any questions? Charlie really wanted to do this. Like a little Q&A here. Uh, so is there anybody that has any questions? You know, it can be even a child. Amen. If, so, when, so when I was a kid, I, I didn't speak. And so God doesn't always chose the, the noble or wise, yeah. you know, to be his servants. I had a speech impediment. I didn't speak at all, at all. And I still have a, a little accent. But maybe some of the kids have a question about anything about Haiti. Any kids got any questions? Rebecca, go ahead. You need, you need to come up. <laughs> Charlie didn't tell me that part. <laughs> are, the pl- are the places you serve scattered throughout the country, or are they in a particular region of the, of the country? Great question. Hold on here. Wait, wait, come You get, you get some dried mango as a gift. We see, I like playing games. (laughs) 
so we mainly work on the Leogun Plain. It's, n- it's not glamorous. It's not beautiful beaches. But God led us there to work with one village. And we didn't know it at the time, but it was the most voodoo in Haiti. There was voodoo temples all around us. Um, a lot of water. We, we finally drilled a well three years later. Our first well was a failure. Second well was an artesian well, 180 feet deep. So, um, so my dad would um, tell us, focus on the Leogun Plain, Leogun Plain. We have some um, like 25, 27 ch- schools and churches on the Leogun Plain. There's still needs there, but we're willing to, um, we do work in a few other locations about an hour's trip. Somebody else have a question? Young, old? He's got a question in the back. Come up, come up, come up. I like playing little games. <laughs> come up, come up. It's always the quiet ones. Always the quiet ones. And again, I, I appreciate your braveness. <laughs> Where are they? Where are what? Where are the people in the picture? <laughs> Where are the people in the picture? Hold on, you get a gift too. So, there you are. What's your first name? Ethan. Okay, God bless you. <laughs> Haiti, um, you know, you can't out, I'll, I'll give God. You might think, oh, I'm a wretched missionary. You know, God, God has blessed us. I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, in, my dad had a church in the city of Worcester, inland. I never saw the ocean. I never saw the ocean. Never, never, never. Now I live on the ocean. And I, I feel bad. I, was gonna, I didn't bring any seashells. Um, I have connections with fishermen. They, they, they want to sell me. I buy a bunch of seashells. I can ship you some beautiful yeah, conch shells. Yeah. You like seashells? Sure. Why not? I mean, <laughs> so... I mean, you cannot outgive God. Um, so if the people are in Haiti, is that is his basic question? Yeah, he's just wondering where they are. On the, on the island in the Caribbean, the, it's also the island of Hispaniola. There's mountains behind us. We get a lot of rainfall, and those mountains break up the hurricanes. So we're not afraid of like wind damage, but we, we can get flooded, which we have been flooded. Yeah. One more question. You need to come up, come up, come up. Be brave. What's up, man? Um, how old are how old are the kids? I have a gift for you. Last last gift. <laughs> In your first name? So, we actually start with three-year-olds. That sounds very young, but it's a cultural thing. So, we start with preschool, three years old. Then there's a four-year-old preschool. All the children are fed. We provide medical care, school books. Um, my wife is a huge help to me. She tends to oversee when we, when we get back. Um, we'll be doing a... Want to talk about that? What will we be doing when you get back? <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's referring to, but... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, maybe a year or so ago, um, Tim 
Charlie's brother uh, did a fundraiser to order some library books. So uh, with the money that we raised, we were able to order some library books for uh, some of our schools. So all these books, they're not easy to find, but um, I got found them through a certain company that produces books in Haitian Creole and also a few in French. But um, so, yeah, I'll be working on that distribution as one of my projects when I go back. Um, yeah, so just to answer this question, too, mm -hmm. so it goes from preschool to all the way to? High school. To high school. All right. So and then after that, there's, are there programs for them to get involved in? Uh, we have a Bible school. We okay. have a Bible college that a few students uh, go to. Um, we don't actually run any programs past that at this point but we have a few of their sponsor a few sponsors that are helping their students go to nursing school nice nice well what i want to do i want to pray for these guys and so if you are comfortable doing this what i'm going to do is i'm going to come between them <laughs> and i'm going to invite you as we saw in last week's message they put their hands on them as they were sending out paul and barnabas so if you're comfortable where you're where you're, where you're at just to put your hand out as an expression of saying, hey, we're joining God in the good work that he's doing with them. I want to invite you to do that with me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the good work of New Missions. I thank you so much for Charlie, for Rachel. I thank you, Father, for just the fact that you saw fit in your goodness and your design for their lives to join you on this mission. And Lord, I, I think of the years that I've been there. I think about the schools and the churches and the lives and the leaders that have been raised up there. God, I'm, I'm moved every time I hear about new missions. I'm moved and I'm reminded um, the work you're doing there, you can actually do here too. And so we just want to join you in your activity. We want to pray for the resourcing that's needed, for the sponsorships. We want to pray for provision. We want to pray for favor. We want to pray for open doors. We want to pray, God, even in a time with uh, there's been so much in Haiti recently. Assassination, um, the hurricane, um, the earthquake, all these things, Father. And I pray that in the midst of them, uh, that they would know that there's a God who is inviting them into a relationship and also has a way for them to have a hope and a peace and a, a joy that's beyond our circumstances and that in Christ, um, there's tangible help that's given. I love that about new missions, that they proclaim the gospel, but they demonstrate it. They, they meet tangible needs, Father. And I pray that they would know their labor's not in vain, God. And I pray that you would just continue to uphold them with your righteous right hand. We cannot wait to see the fruit that you are going to bring, uh, even through our time together today, but even beyond, Lord. And we pray for all the things that have to go on with the books and getting everything together for that, Lord. We just pray for incredible fruit to come in the years to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.